Welcome one, welcome all. You are in the WordPress shop and your wonderful hosts, Adam and Colleen, are here to guide you through answering all of your questions about WordPress. This is a topic that Adam and Colleen both love geeking out about. They are here for it. I'm Colleen LeMasters of Colleen LeMasters Creative, and I specialize in WordPress websites, both design and development. I use thoughtful strategy to create beautifully crafted and optimized websites that are also easy to manage on a day-to-day basis for my clients. Adam Miggetts, located in South Carolina, is a web developer focused on integrating custom functionality to websites. Now let's jump into the episode. I am excited because I had an idea for a topic that I have been getting a lot of client questions about lately. I was going to share, I thought it might be fun to do in the room because it's like a 20 minutes, like 20 minute SEO kind of crash course kind of thing that you can do. And so how you can help boost your SEO in 20 minutes is, is my thought. So I, I was perusing some people's posts and things like that saw something about 20 minute SEO and I thought, oh, I like 20 minutes. Like I can dedicate 20 minutes. Like that's, that's the appropriate amount of time. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a hot topic, but I just hope uh, people don't realize that SEO is a 20 minute, like set it, do, do 20 minutes, set it, forget it and walk away. Oh, totally. No, <laughs> this is like, like a 20 minute a day. And like, if you want to see ah, results, gotcha, gotcha. you have to kind of keep on it and keep optimizing. Yeah. And cause that's one of the big things with SEO and, and websites I feel like is that um, it's an ongoing effort, you know, like you will probably spend a lot of time getting the foundational stuff set up, but yeah, you can't just set it and forget it. You got to make sure that you're constantly, you know, updating. And the big thing I think, and I am guilty of this as well, is that a lot of times people forget to go and then cross link what they have written. Like they might link in a new blog post, they can go back and link to what they'd written previously, but do they go back to those previous posts and link stuff that they had written since then subsequent to the original post because you can cross link. So it's, I always thought of it and I don't know why I always thought of it as, as just kind of one directional, like when I'm writing something, go and link back to an old post, but also go into that post, like the old post and then link to your, the future stuff that you had written since you wrote the, that original one. So that was always a, a good tip that I have to remember myself. That actually, you just you just gave me an idea for a plugin that actually automatically generates links. And it will generate links if you reference something. You have to think about that. But to do something on oh. that, so that, if you reference an old, old an old post on that post, it actually embeds the current post link somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. Just that sorry, is, ooh, my dev brain. <laughs> That is awesome. I love that idea. That is a great, great idea because you could do it maybe based on tags or something like that, you know, or categories right. that you're already doing for your, your blog. Post well, even, anyway. even to drop, like if you, if there's a drop down where you're choosing which one, which post it to, to do a link to when it, on create a filter Ooh. or an action. <laughs> and then when that happens, it actually will go actually and update that post somewhere. I don't know. I'm just, again, their brain, you know, thinking outside the box. I love it. I love it. And this is why I love WordPress. Asked if anyone knows how to build a directory type of website on WordPress. And I have done some things like this, but it kind of depends on what 
directory you're looking for, whether it be, you know, like a public directory or if you need some search functionality. One of the the directories that I built was for some fellow creatives. It was actually a private directory. It wasn't, I mean, it was kind of like a members only thing. It wasn't like a paid members only thing, but, you know, any local creative in my area was welcome to join and they could put a profile together. And the purpose of which was to allow us to, number one, network a little bit, and then also refer one another to clients. So if a client comes to me and says, hey, um, I am looking for some photography to go with my website, who do you recommend? I can go on that members directory and say, oh my gosh, you should go check out so-and-so's work or so-and-so's work. And, you know, there's an option in that profile for people to put, you know, their price range and things like that. So I can try and make sure that I'm not sending, you know, people their way, potential clients who are like not even in their budget and that sort of thing. So that was one type. And it looks like this particular directory would be like doctors, lawyers, local businesses can add their business. So yeah, something similar to that. The method that I have used is there's a couple membership plugins. I've worked a lot with Ultimate Member, which is free to start. So I don't know if you've checked out that plugin, but it also allows for members only content as well. And so certain pages might be available to only those, you know, logged in members of a certain user role. So that might be helpful, but members can manage their own profiles and and things of that nature. But yeah, so it looks like there's another comment here that says there are a few companies that offer plugins and themes that do so. Brilliante, if I'm saying that right, Brilliante directory is an entire CRM. That is ones are better than others, depending on how you want to use it. So thank you. Yeah, I know my friend did a, a uh, directory type search thing like this years ago, and I can't remember. I have to, I'll have to go back and and uh, ask him what he used um, to build that because he, I really, I'm pretty sure he used a plugin to do that. So I just gotta go and ask him what. Uh, this was several years ago, just to see what uh, which plugin he used. But it was the same kind of thing, you know, search and you know for people that you know want to set it up, they had you know any. Uh, a place where they can put in there the name of the business and what it is and tags and all that. And then it adds it to the search feature that he had set up with whatever plugin he had. Very cool. Yeah. There's a couple different, different ways to, you know, that's the beauty of WordPress, right? There's more than one way to achieve the, yep. the desired result. So I always try and rely on plugins whenever possible because well, not, I shouldn't say that not whenever possible, but why reinvent the wheel? But however, the thing with plugins is that you want to make sure that you're using the majority of the features that, you know, if you just need a something, something small, you may not need all of the bells and whistles that go along with a plugin. So my recommendation is always to kind of, you know, demo it out if you can, and just make sure that you're, if you're going to be putting that plugin on that you're using a lot of the features that, you know, it's a better solution, maybe from a budget standpoint or from you know, like a time scale and, and getting those those changes and that functionality online, that might be another thing to consider when using a plugin versus a custom code option. Or if you just want it, just love coding and you just wanted to, something to code. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> Was that I'm out loud? Wrong. I know, I know. So Adam is always, he's like, well, I don't need a plugin to do that. I'll just code it myself. And I applaud that because there are so many things, like he's such a strong coder and developer. And there are things that like when he sits here and, and talks about doing like a cross-linking plugin, like I, it blows my mind and it's, it's an awesome, awesome idea. Um, and I would love to sit 
and do some of this code too. Unfortunately, my clients have other plans. They're like, I need this done yesterday. I'm like, oh gosh, you guys, this a little planning and we could have, you know, done something just like awesome. And we will still do something awesome, but it's not going to be as customized as maybe I would prefer because they need things done so quickly. So oftentimes that is the trouble is that you're, you're managing the client expectations and sometimes they just don't think about it. And the website is the afterthought, which is so sad, but <laughs> that's just the way it goes. I, I get it. So want to quickly jump into, because we were going to talk about some ways to maximize your website and with SEO and just spend maybe if you could do 20 minutes a day is what I, I was thinking, 20 minutes a day for SEO. Here are some options to get you going. And, and, you know, of course these, you know, you can do this in, in, you know, one day a week, it doesn't have to be 20 minutes a day, but the, the moral of the story is that this is not a set it and forget it kind of thing. This is something that you want to actively maintain and actively work on. So wanted to give some tips as far as SEO. And my first one has to do not only with SEO, but also accessibility. So my first tip and this, you know, take 15 minutes, 20 minutes, like I said, and go through all of your media library images and add in your alt text to those images. Because the alt tag that is generated when you fill in that text is what helps users and search engines find and understand your images. And so you don't need to put picture of blah, 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 or image of like that's already implied. So don't waste your characters, you know, putting that kind of info in. But if you have, I always use a bowl of spaghetti because that was the one that I used in my blog post so long ago. So that's always my example. But if you have a bowl of spaghetti image, and it was when I was trying to dabble in food photography, which is another fun thing. And if you have that picture and you put it on your website, you just want to type in bowl of spaghetti with red sauce. And it, that's all like, that's, that's as basic as you need to go. But then that gives Google and all those search engines, as well as other users who might be uh, visually impaired, an idea of what they should be seeing in that particular section of your website. So search engines will use that because the search engines, remember when they crawl, they don't have eyeballs. So they're relying on that code and WordPress makes it so easy that you don't need to code that in. Just, it's a little meta box. Like when you upload your files, your image files, you there's a little box that says alt text and you can just type in and usually it's just like a little description of what that image is. So do that from an accessibility standpoint and do that from a SEO standpoint. Adam, I'm loving your, I love your, your, your GIF, GIF. What's, what's the consensus? Uh, it's probably 50, 50. I say GIF. So. Okay. I, GIF sounds but, good. Um, <laughs> GIF is I, peanut butter where I come from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I just threw that up, but also just I, my lunch today is a bowl of spaghetti. Just <laughs> it's funny. Perfect. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we're already on the same wavelength today. Excellent. <laughs> so that would be one task that you can do. Just set aside 15, 20 minutes in a day and go through your media library. Because the other beauty of this is that once you put that in there, you won't have to do it again. So WordPress is going to save that info in its in the database. And then when you go to reuse your image later on, if you need that same bowl of spaghetti again, 
then you can go and put it in and that alt text will automatically be populated based on what you put in previously. So that is a thing that's, you know, from an efficiency standpoint, which is my, my big thing. I love how efficient WordPress can be. And that is something that, you know, once you put that alt text in, it's in there and then you can change it on an individual basis if you ever needed to. But I mean, obviously it's a description of the image. So in all likelihood, you're not going to need to change it that often. So Spend some time, spend a day, you know, 20 minutes that particular day on, on Monday and do your alt text for all of your images. And even make sure your image, the actual file name is not something, we, you know, IMG, whatever. Yes, good point. Absolutely. So when you go to upload your images, oh my gosh, Adam, such a good, good tip. I can't believe I forgot to mention that. When you upload an image, don't name, don't leave that default image file name as whatever it is, the DC, DSC, underscore, one, two, three, four, whatever. What you should do is name that, you know, I like to do, for example, I was just posting about a website launch um, on my portfolio blog yesterday. And so I uploaded a couple screen grabs of the image and I named them CL Creative dash winery website launch, you know, dash deer and wines, whatever it was. And so, yeah, it's a little bit long, but it's pretty descriptive. So I highly recommend that Adam's right. You definitely want to change those image file names, um, any of your media, not just images, but change those file names before you upload them to give them something meaningful. And I always try and put my business name in there as well, because that again is an SEO related thing because that will show up in the code. And that's what those bots and search engines are crawling. So that's a great tip, Adam. Absolutely. And then the other option, not necessarily option, but the other recommendation would be to go through and look for your title tag and meta description. So a lot of people don't realize the meta description is that blurb that appears in Google. When you, you Google something, you see the title, and then you see a little description of what that content is. And if you are using the Yoast plugin or likely any of the other ones, I'm just not as familiar with the ones because I, I use Yoast 100% of the time, but I know there's all-in-one SEO, there's Rank Math, there's, there's a couple different ones, and I'm sure they all allow for this where you can customize your meta description and you can improve that, that title tag and meta description for your pages. And it's the first thing that people are going to see when they Google, right? And so this is your, your absolute, before they even land on your website, your absolute first impression. So what you want to shoot for is that your title tag should be roughly about 60 characters. That's, I think, the general, I mean, plus or minus. And the title tag is like, you know, when you Google something, and I'm going to Google something right now because I can't think of a, a good example for it. <laughs> but when you Google something and you see that title that comes up with that's the clickable link, and like I just Googled Napa pizza and the first link that comes up is a pizza parlor that I have been attend or going to for a while. <laughs> and so, and their title is that clickable link. It says Napa pizza and it has the little pipe and it says Azuro pizzeria. And then it has another pipe with their phone number right in it. And so a lot of times that's, that's a great way to do it. I know all of my stuff is food related. I'm sorry, Adam, this doesn't surprise him at all. He knows how much I, I enjoy food and eating. 
that's that's my other if, if, between code and food. That's my um, go to language, I guess. Code and food. Yes. No, food is absolutely my love language. Like if anyone ever, I'm like, what can I bring you? What what can I bring to dinner? What can, what dessert do you need? I got the food part covered. That's absolutely the same. So that you know that title tag, having that phone number in there, especially if you're like a restaurant or something like that, or a business that does receive a lot of calls. Think about like a doctor's office needing you know someone to call. That's a great idea to get the phone number right in there because half the time that's why someone might be googling you, right? They want to find out how to contact you, so why not make it easy for them? And then that meta description, of course, is that little blurb that appears in Google underneath that clickable tag as well. So go through your pages, make use of those SEO plugins and, you know, optimize those. Think about, which actually brings me to my next point. Think about your keywords, spend some time. And this is something that I, I really, really need to do and do some keyword research. And I admittedly have kind of uh, put this off because it seems very daunting I don't quite know where to begin because I I don't specialize in SEO and keywords and things of that nature. But I do know, I think, <laughs> what my audience needs are. You know, what are the challenges and what am I trying to help them with? You know, that part I do know. And so my homework, my, my self-imposed homework this week is to sit and maybe just spend 20 minutes trying to figure out what keywords people might be putting in or what I want them to find me with. That's really poor grammar. My grandmother would be appalled, but, (laughs) but think about words and phrases and challenges. And so then you can create and optimize content for your audience, but also that will help you kind of develop a roadmap for your blog and for things like that. So, you know, for instance, I specialize in WordPress, obviously. I, you know, I don't really want to do Squarespace. I don't really want to do Wix. There's other people that are more qualified and I will let them handle that. So WordPress is one of my keywords that, you know, that's what I want people. If they're searching for, uh, you know, a WordPress designer, WordPress developer, that's when I want my site to come up. And so that would be some keyword you know, keywords that I want to have on my list. So spend some time thinking about the kind of words that your ideal client will use when they search. And, you know, if you need some inspiration for that, like I said, think about their, their challenges and whatever their goal might be for, you know, whatever problem they're needing to solve, that sort of thing. And then that will help you maybe generate some keywords. And then also optimize your content based on those keywords as well. So that's a little bit bigger, you know, undertaking, I know 20 minutes, but if you did that 20 minutes a day, then you might have, you know, a pretty good roadmap of, of where to go with your content, which ultimately, you know, like that's Google's big thing, right? Is if you have that, you know, I hate to say the, the buzzword, the helpful content, but if you have that, then Google will, will reward you accordingly. So, you know, that's a, that's a big one is to have helpful content, valuable content, con- relevant content, all of those kind of buzzy SEO words. So think about too, speaking of content, think about your formatting. Think about using lists. Think about using your headers. And that is, you know, when you look at other people's blogs, when you're reading articles online, think about the layout. You know, you have a headline that immediately catches your eye. And this is not necessarily a new tactic, but I mean, like think about newspapers, 
back when we all used to read newspapers and magazines and hard copy print journalism, they have a headline, they have a sub headline. And like you could scan the headline and you would know what the article was about. And then they have sub headlines within. So you could read sections that, you know, might be more interesting than others without having to read the whole article. Because, you know, think about it. We are all like we, we have milliseconds to capture somebody's attention, right? And so if they are just greeted with a wall of text, they're gonna be like, no, nope, I'm out. So if you can use headlines that, you know, the fonts are a little bit bigger, they're bolder, they're using your, your keywords. And so they're, uh, you know, creatively capturing people's attention. They're more inclined to stay on your site and read your content. And if you are anything like me, I, I used to think I was a decent writer, but it is still hard to blog. Like it takes me some serious time. And so because I'm putting that time in, I really want people to read it. I want it to be beneficial. But, you know, if someone just looks at my blog and they're like, meh, and they bounce off, I'm like, oh, I just wasted like, you know, however long, half a day trying to word this just right and read it and reread it and proofread it and have my mom proofread it. And, you know, it's like, oh, it's just like a dagger through the heart when someone like doesn't read your blog post that you have poured your heart and soul into. So not not that I actually blog, but when I think of it in an article type um, topic, I'm like, oh, let's um, that'd be cool. Let me write about that. So I'm like, oh, I'll get into it. So writing, and then when I'm, I think I'm finished, I look and it's like thirty words. I'm like, that's it. I'm like, delete. That's not even worth. You know, I'm like, why did I even start writing about that? <laughs> yes. So try and keep your blog posts. They don't have to be long. You know, like memoirs. Uh, brevity has never been my strong suit. So I usually don't have that issue. However, you do want to keep it like probably at a minimum of like 300 words is usually the kind of the the minimum that you need for a blog post. So good point, Adam. <laughs> and, and another reason why I don't blog. <laughs> yes, no, totally. I get it. I get it. So because you don't want there's there's been times where if you and I hope you all have connected your website to Google Search Console, formerly Google Webmaster Tools, but Google Search Console will send me notifications that's like, oh, this is a soft 404 on this page. And, you know, I monitor a couple different client sites and, um, you know, it'll send me something about a client site and I go and look at it and it's because the client put a blog post and it's like 100 words. And so Google thinks that it's a, they I think they classify it as a soft 404 like error because there's not enough content on it so think about that if you have like really um quote unquote thin content that way think about number one can you expand on that to make it a bona fide you know minimum 300 words or is it better left in like you know in a, a section of another post or can you add it to something that's already existing you know obviously it's important that you wanted to write about it but if it can't be expanded then think about where else it might live and so it's not just kind of hanging out there in the ether by itself as just a very thin content page or post i also wanted to say think about from a keyword perspective think too about your urls you know, put those keywords in the URLs. WordPress makes it super easy to have those permalinks set up and you can set your permalink structure in your settings menu. So if you're on the dashboard, go down to settings and then you'll see a permalinks menu and you can set the structure. So if you have a news site, you might want to have the date, the, you know, the year slash month slash day in there. That might be the best, you know, best suited for you. If you just have, you know, less time sensitive posts, change your permalink structure. Now, 
with the caveat that if you've been blogging for a while, you just don't want to go and like change permalink structure all willy nilly, things like that. But um, if you're just starting out or, you know, you're, you're going to be launching a site, take a look at, take the time to look at your permalink structure and, you know, just have it, have the post name. And typically WordPress will take the post name from the title and it will just take your whole post title and wherever there's a space, it will add a dash. And that's how it comes up with your, your URL or your slug. WordPress often calls it a slug. So try and put keywords in your title. If it doesn't necessarily make sense to have it in the actual like post title, sometimes it doesn't, but you can then go and modify that permalink from that title and you can customize the permalink so you can get a keyword in there. So yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense in that that title of the blog post, but if you want that keyword benefit, you can put it in the page slug in your permalink. So that's another good one. And please, please do not use the default WordPress, you know, like question mark equals or P equals one, two, three, four, you know, ID numbers. So that's not helpful for Google at all. Another tip I have as far as SEO, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes a day, small business SEO would also, and I kind of touched on this before, before I, I went off on my tangent, but going back to the formatting, add in images, videos, and then make use of lists. Bullet point lists are like such, they're super, it's super digestible content. You know, people, they, they can just gravitate to that list and they can kind of see the high points. And again, that digestible content is what's keeping them on your site and Google looks at how long people stay on your site so that is also some SEO value by formatting your content in such a way that you know people are are staying on longer and clicking around on things so and we talked about links before you know adding links on useful content and we talked about how it's super easy to link to content when you're writing a blog post link to your past content but think of it in the reverse and like I said I am super guilty of this I never think about it but go back to my old I need to go back to my old blog post that I wrote last year and then link to the content that I have written that is relevant and you know makes sense and link those posts from you know this past year in previous posts and go back and get some cross-linking out of that. So the Yoast plugin also is really handy because it gives you a, a list of inbound and outgoing, you know, or internal links and then outgoing links, I think is what they call it. So yeah, I, I think those are my, my SEO tips for the day. Hopefully that helped. How do you get around of how do you get around of creating custom themes as WordPress websites look the same? Um, and Adam is right. Pick a theme that is layout customizable. So a lot of people may use Elementor as a page builder. I'm not super familiar with it, but I know it's really really popular. I prefer to use the native block editor now that WordPress offers such a thing. Elementor was great previously before WordPress offered that because it offered really really flexible layouts, but now I prefer to use the block editor since it's already natively there. But yeah, make sure that you have a, a theme that is customizable. And with the block editor, you can do quite a bit these days, but Elementor, WP Bakery, some of those also offer some customizable layouts. One thing I would point out is that try to use a, if you're going to use a page builder, try and use one that is a plugin and not theme 
tied to a theme, I guess. I'm, I'm really struggling with my words this morning. Maybe I should go have some more coffee or something, but theme dependent. You don't want a plugin or you don't want a page builder that is theme dependent because once you switch themes, that could potentially break all those customizations. So try and do it as a plugin because the plugin then you have a little bit more control over, you know, changing your themes out and things like that. And it won't necessarily break quite as much. So that would be my, my tip for that. Adam, tell me a little bit about some of the, the WordPress things that you have been working on this week. Sorry, I just took it. Oh, oh no, we're losing him. No, it's. <laughs> All right, man down. Now, um, I just said I just took a drink of water as you asked me that question. Then my headset fell on my ears and my microphone went with it. Oh, anyway. no. Uh, <laughs> well, in the famous words of, I forget who said it, but our pet's heads are falling off. So that's what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, whoa, that's not good. Well, I've been actually, just in the last week, I've been tidying, as they call it, tidying up um, some previous clients' projects just to kind of make it a little uh, more efficient than, because a lot of it, like we, like, you know, it, it's always a rush, rush. Get it done now. We want it yesterday, you know. So as things get, you know, loaded up and it works and it's good, I always go back and then, you know, when, you know, because it's all just in the back end. I just uh, kind of go through and tidy things up and make it more efficient. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Good stuff. I have been working on a lot of technical things, mainly DNS related items, and have been thinking about trying to make sure that my clients' emails get delivered. So a lot of them, you know, they will put together email blog posts, or they'll put together blog posts and then they want to email them out to their mailing list. And we want to make sure that those emails don't hit spam or junk folders. And so with certain companies, you can, they will give you the DNS that you need to put in and the DNS will say, Hey, like MailChimp is allowed to send on my domain's behalf. And then that basically, you know, it, it sends the email uh, with the proper credentials that say, Hey, this is an acceptable domain or acceptable server sending on behalf of my domain. And then it allows it into the inbox as opposed to the spam and junk folder. So I've been on a technical, technical kick this week thus far. Adam and I always tell people, make sure you have a set of backups somewhere where you can access them outside of your, outside of your hosting provider for that same reason, because you need to be able to, let's say that your hosting provider either goes down or they're like, we're closing up shop now and they take all their stuff with it. So you have a backup and you can readily move. That's the beauty of wordpress.org, right? You can move your site to any hosting provider and it will still look the same and all of your data will be there if you have those proper backups. So I really like the Updraft plugin. They tie in with, you know, Dropbox, which is what I use, Google Drive, Amazon Web Services, you know, all those data saving places like that, all of those, those storage, not facilities, but cloud solutions. So that's why I use Updraft for that, but definitely do a backup. And depending on how frequently you update your site, it might depend on how frequently you run those backups. But I tend to say at least monthly, daily is great, but like I don't update my website daily. So I personally do mine weekly and that's enough for me. But just think like how up a river would you be if you had to rebuild from your last backup? You know, if you're not backing up every, at least every month and you had to rebuild like six months worth, like that's going to be a pain in the butt. So set that accordingly as to how frequently you update your site and your database at a minimum and, and your, your files, like your, your uploads and things like that, because 
the uploads and the database are what like that is the the gold of your website the plugins and the themes you can likely reinstall if if all of a sudden all of your plugins and themes just disappeared you could very likely get them back from their original source but the images you probably don't have anymore the database you know like that the database and the uploads folder are two key things that i recommend backing up regularly plugins and themes just make it easier to keep it all together and, and keep the the backup tight so that's why i always recommend doing it all together but at a minimum database and, and your content your uploads folder which is in the wp contents definitely back up your site adam and i are always available to answer any questions that come up you have any functionality questions like ah oh, gosh i wish my website could do this and you know, is there a plugin that does X, Y, or Z? Uh, please feel free to reach out to us. You can DM us. Instagram is usually the best to, to catch me. I think it also is the best to catch Adam. Is that right, Adam? DM on Instagram for you? Yes, for sure. Perfect. Okay, great. We want to thank you for coming and spending time out of your day here with us in the WordPress shop. Okay, that concludes this episode. Our hosts will return with another topic in the next episode. Bye-bye, everyone.